We live in a society that's constantly trying to change everything around it. But what if we spent more time changing what we can control ourselves? My name is Brad. And I'm Justin. And we want to invite you to join us as we talk with some of our friends about using this amazing tool called the Enneagram as we build the new you to be better today for a better tomorrow. Welcome to episode one of the Better Today podcast. I am Brad Livingston, and I love pizza, sushi, my family, and as a self-preservation eight on the Enneagram, control. And I am Justin Oswald, and I love politics, the office, oh, chicken wings, <laughs> and as a social type three, achievement. <laughs> Dude. I am so excited about this podcast, um, and did. I can't believe you started with politics on the <laughs> <I> intro. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we'll change it up next time. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, no, no, no. I'm uh, I'm pretty amped up about this podcast. We're excited. Um, there's a lot of craziness going on, like just man everywhere around us, and so um, yeah, we're we're pretty pumped up. And uh, as we're filming our filming and recording our very first podcast uh we're in the middle of hopefully towards the end of coronavirus and COVID 19 doubtful we are in the middle of it <laughs> you're right about that i don't know that we're toward the end we're, yeah we're not too far from it being COVID 20 uh so 2.0 wow yeah so uh because we're coming up on you know we're halfway through the year already which is i bro i cannot but that's crazy to me yeah that it, we're halfway through the year it's well more than that i mean it's end of july at recording time. yeah yeah um, that's crazy so yeah yeah so, so you know we're we're real excited about about the 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 better today podcast i mean uh, a little bit about ourselves you know brad and i are uh longtime friends grew up together we uh dreamland Dreamland Skate Center, met <laughs> Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we're from Pensacola, uh, met at the skating rink, as so many did in our age group. Yep. Um, but, you know, we uh, we work together. We're both pastors. We're believers. Yes. Um, but th- this th- this podcast is going to be centered on the Enneagram. Yeah. Which is an amazing tool, uh, a self-help. I, I hate mm-hmm. the word self-help. I like a uh, developmental tool better. I hate the word Agreed. self-help personally. Agreed. But um, it's just using this amazing tool that's far more than a personality typing uh, assessment right. um, to figure out how to navigate the world around us and in our lives. And um, so whether you're you a stay at home parent, whether you're in a corporate world, yep. whether you're involved with people in your church, this is a tool that can help you be better mm-hmm. uh, as, as not as maybe as a leader, but, sure. but as a friend, as a spouse, parent, uh, parent yeah. um, and, and just be a better version of you. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I've, I've heard you say it before. I think we both heard it. Uh, you know, uh, for those that don't know, Justin and I are both uh, licensed and accredited Enneagram practitioners through yes. integrative Enneagram solutions. Yes. Um, so we've, we've both gone through that, which I will add was one of the hardest things I've done like, well, I sure wasn't expecting that. Like it was a little more than I ever yeah. anticipated. Yeah. You know, like, you know, but nonetheless, uh, we are both licensed practitioners uh, for coaching and development for, for others and stuff like that. Um, and you know, I think the crazy thing with that, and I've heard you say it, I think we heard it in class, you know, is that many times people feel like personality assessment tools and stuff like 
the Enneagram, even though there's nothing like the Enneagram. Right. Um, you know, those tools like that are that it puts people in a box yeah. and no one wants to be put in a box. Right. Um, and I've heard the conversation said before, you know, that the Enneagram doesn't put you in a box. It tells you about the box you've always been in and helps you learn how to get out of it. That's right. Yeah. And that, that wasn't me that, that I mean, uh, there, there are all, all other other great you know Enneagram podcasts out there you know and Ian Cron is yeah, kind of the the one of the guys right now I think he's kind of one of the guys that brought it to the forefront a few years back you know kind of made it more mainstream and you know ten years ago the Enneagram especially in our world is as you know Christians and it was kind of looked at as kind of this new agey weird thing right um and it's not that at all I, I think part of it is just the 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 icon you know the enneagram you know any uh the, the word yeah. any means nine you know gram means like points you know so yeah, but the, even the way it's it kind of if you just glance at it you could say well that's a pentagram or something it's I, it's not, a it's pentagram not at a all pentagram. um but i could see we've all known ill-informed Christians over the, over oh, the years who just, boy, uh, <laughs> so, uh, but it's, it's cool that it's kind of gotten out of the stigma of that's going away because it's such mm-hmm. an incredible tool. As you said, when we, we went to go to our, through the week, the, the four days that we went to, to get our accreditation <laughs> and licensing, it was, it's so much more than just, um, being like a disc person or, right, or, right. you know, Myers-Briggs where you're a facilitator of this test and then you yep. debrief with people. It's way more, it, it's way more in depth than that. It's way more nuanced than that. Yep. Um, and that's how we found, I mean, found the Enneagram. I think I turned you on to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I'll be honest. Um, I, I've always felt like all these were very similar. Yeah. Coming into this, I've, you know, the disc, the Myers-Briggs, you know, the strengths finders. I just kind of always, I was like, I, you know, you are far more in love with the idea of self-discovery than I am. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, I was, I kind of, I think because I've always been very strong-willed, very driven, those things, I never really cared to learn about myself from those contexts because it kind of gave me the same information over and over again. It's like, all right, I get it. I'm, I'm a DI, you know, like I, like, you know, like you kind of go and they all kind of sit in that same place, right? You're e, uh, ENFJ over here um, and all those things. But <clears throat> so I've just never, I, I didn't, didn't really care. Um, and so Justin came to me and was like, we, you know, like we started looking at the Enneagram, I was like, I can see how that's helpful. Um, like, you know, but to me, it was just another thing. And then Justin is like, Hey, I think we should go get licensed as coaches. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't, I'm not even, that really wasn't on my radar at the time. Like, so for people that don't know, I'm Justin said, we're both pastors. I'm a lead pastor at this point in my lead pastor journey. Um, I was a little over a year into pastoring the (laughs) church. We, we had not one hiccup, but 12 going on simultaneously, like, uh, not within the church, but like the church had just, we had just gone portable as a church. Like there was just so many things that the air and I was like, ah, man, this is, new. this is not even on my radar. Um, but the dates happen to coincide. So I take a sabbatical every, and I, I don't even call it a sabbatical. Vacation. I take a two week vacation, but it's more of like a time away with the Lord type thing yeah. every October. And the, the coaching, the licensing was the week after that. And I was like, well, I'll just land I'll just fly into Atlanta from Cincinnati and I'll do that for a week and it'll just be a three week deal. And so that's what we did. Um, and not to get the cart completely ahead of the horse, but when I say like, 
a reckoning <laughs> happened uh, at that class. You know, yeah. uh, the what I experienced in those four or five days, I'll never forget because it genuinely changed my life. It like, was pretty phenomenal. And, I mean. and for me, I think from perspective of, you know, I, I have some issues, issues. I have some things from my childhood that I never really dealt with. And all of them surfaced at that class when things came up that I'm sure we'll talk about in future episodes. Of course. Um, that I was like, Oh wow. Oh, and, and you know, here I am in front of 25 or 30 people or whatever that never, that I've never met. And we're having full blown like group therapy, group therapy. And I'm like, it was awesome. It's like, I'm not okay with this. Um, but it, it genuinely changed me forever and it, uh, transformed the, um, my understanding of who I am and why I am the way I am. And I think that is what people love about the Enneagram, that it's not just like, Oh, well, I'm a DI and I, I'm good at, you know, being a leader or, you know, I'm good at multitasking or organization. It's really not those things. Um, it's, this is, you know, the way I explain it to people is everyone views the world through a lens. Uh, and I may have heard this from someone else, but this is how I communicate to people. Everyone views the world through a lens because that lens has been shaped. Um, and you respond to opportunities, circumstances, struggles through that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times we don't understand why people can't see what we see or understand why we respond the way we respond. Um, and it's because they're not looking through our lens. Uh, but the minute you meet someone with the same lens, now it makes sense. And I think the Enneagram is helpful for people because it helps people realize they're not broken. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with them. Um, you, you view the world through that lens and it helps, uh, it helps you understand why you do what you do and stuff. So. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me was, you know, going back to the, the other things before, you know, first turned on to the disc mm-hmm. years, several years ago. And I kind of really f- took to that. You know, I, I do, I do like those. I like these personality assessments because for me, I fell in love with them because I've have found certain things to be difficult in life. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that as a, I mean, before we were pastors, we both worked out in the, you know, pretty, pretty decent jobs and all those things and, mm-hmm. and, and leadership kind of roles, whether it's management or whatever, you know, but, you know, as a type three, it's the, when, when you think of the kind of person that corporate America rewards, it's mm-hmm. me as far as my type, right? that type three, um, now that can be, I guess maybe it's good if you're me, right. um, but but along the way, you know, but even in that, like when you, whether it's, you think of movies or something of someone rising to the top, there's people, they climb over to get there and it's kind of the ruthless in a sense and, and, um, yet they're rewarded and even praised by other people, even though they may hurt along the way or do Mm -hmm. what needs to be done for themselves. And it's like, well, one, I can relate to that, but I don't necessarily (laughs) love that. Right. But it's like, but then you have these interpersonal relationships or where, where, and and at work I can be celebrated, but you get into like, when I started getting into the church world and working and leading with people that way, there were, there were things about my personality that weren't celebrated. In fact, it was very, so I, I had this dichotomy of trying to figure out, okay, why does it work over here? But there's something over here. Like, why am I perceived as, um, cunning at work but a jerk at church right and right. i and i'm not a different person i'm right. the same you know what i'm saying so it's sure. like it, so it was like one there was 
this can be an incorrect perception. Sure. And I can't control necessarily that, how someone perceives, but it's like, you know, how do you, how do you kind of rise above this? So I fell in love with the disc because it was like, okay, but those are four, you know, I'm a DI as well, you yep. know, and then with them, you, you find the Myers-Briggs and now there's kind of quote unquote more possibilities, right? But I'm an ENTJ and, um, and those all things made very, very good sense when I read them. But man, sure. when I found the Enneagram and I don't know where, I don't know if it was Twitter or like a podcast from us too. I kept hearing it and I was like, what is this? So I kind of went and then, and I was like, oh my God, there's so much nuance yeah. to it. And then on top of the nine types, there's three subtypes. So there's really 27 kind of lenses yep. uh, in, yep. in a sense um they're all different but even in that no two people are the same you mm-hmm. know no one has the same exact background the same exact life experiences and sure uh, and and all these things and maybe you lean more into one of your other one of your wings more than the other one so you may be a uh, I'm a social three, but maybe I lean into my four wing more than the next social three who leans into their two wing. And yeah, it's, it's so many possibilities, but it's just so nuanced, but I agree. It's, it's, I fell in love with the self-awareness thing because as a leader, Mm -hmm. I want to be the best leader I can be, you know? And the, the only way to do that is to understand myself because if I come across as abrasive at times, if my directness or right. comes across to someone that's another has a different type and views the world differently. If if directness to someone else is um, you're a jerk, then I want to I want to be careful with how direct I can be. You mm-hmm. know, um, I don't want to roll over somebody and just get to the hit the bu- the bottom line and the bullet points. Yeah. Someone else may need further explanation. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or Definitely. I don't want to throw someone out of my office because they're taking too long to explain something. Maybe that's just how their brain processes their lens, and that's yeah, how yeah. they need to process stuff. That means I need to shut up and listen for 10 minutes longer to help the ultimate goal. Cause as a three, I'm about achieving things. I'm right, about right. let's achieve goals. And if that means I need to, it, I almost said the word indoor, but it's enduring for me. It may not, but if I need to do that for that person, then I do that. But yeah. if, if you're not aware of that, you just, all right, give me what you got to get, get, you know, and just, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. on to the next thing. And, um, that's just not, a, not effective in the long run, sure. uh, at least in the context of what I do for a living and yeah. the calling I feel God has given to me for my life. So, uh, that's what's important to me to, to fully understand myself a little yeah. better yeah. so that, can lead others. And that's the thing about self-awareness and the self-discovery journey. As you, I think self-awareness increases your empathy, which is all about other people. Mm-hmm. You know, the term self-awareness seems selfish in and of itself. It's about yourself, mm-hmm. but really it's not. Self-awareness is, is about other people in the, in the long run. Yeah. It, and it, oh, at least it should be. At least it should be. And, and, you know, for me, it's like as the competitive achiever, everything is a competition to me. Mm-hmm. I can't help it. You've ridden in the car with me. Like when the light turns green, I got to be first. Like, right, right, right. And I don't even, I don't say it. Right. I don't even think about it. Right. You know, the problem is you take that into an interpersonal relationship. You know, someone very close to you, um, mm-hmm. a spouse, if you're, you know, I want to argue about a lot of things. Sure. That's the word other people use as argue. To me, it's not an argument. It's just what, it's just <laughs> what I want to do. Right, right, right. It, you know, it, it could be. So to someone else, the the question would be, why do you want to argue about so much stupid stuff? My response is, I'm not arguing. Mm-hmm. 
if anything, we're debating <laughs> who's got the better risk. Who's going to win? Well, because debates can be won, but arguments can't. Right. 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 So, so the thing is, it's like, and to me, it's like, tell me what sides you want me to be on. You right. Know? And, and I don't. Because I've witnessed you well, argue on behalf of stuff that I. I <laughs> like, yeah. Funny story. So we were we were riding in the car one day. Me, Justin, and John, who's our creative director, who helps us get all this set up, and and uh, <clears throat> we were riding in the car one day, and Justin had just watched a documentary on flat earth <laughs> I did. and um and so he was like there's some pretty legitimate arguments out there whatever whatever i mean whatever. no what not legitimate <laughs> wait i don't remember what the word i don't they have some they have compelling arguments compelling. i don't know okay, that they're sure. legitimate so so <laughs> it's like there's some compelling arguments out there and so john immediately jumps into like no way like you know that's there you know that's not true and justin starts giving out these compelling arguments that these people were talking about and then john's you know coming back at him and john is not frustrated but you could start to sense the tension of him being like no that's stupid and blah, blah blah and i finally just had to be like john it's like you know justin doesn't believe this stuff <laughs> it's like he's he just needs someone to to, to debate with about it right now <laughs> like you well, know. You, and, and it's funny because you can look back and i can look back and, and see how that plays out at first i was just having a conversation like oh i saw this thing about flatter right, right, right. and out at first you just think, well, these people are stupid. Right. Right. You know? Um, but then as you watch, you realize they actually have points and, and arguments to why they believe what they believe. Right. And that, I was just talking about it. Well, as soon as someone gets, challenges it, challenges it yeah, then I yeah. have to go into argument, quote unquote, debate mode, right. even though I don't believe the earth is flat. <laughs> so John's like, oh, that's that's ridiculous. I'm like, well, why is it ridiculous? You know, if you if you use a telephoto lens, then, uh, you know, yeah, I go yeah, off yeah. on this, this thing. Which I've watched you do a number of times. A number of times, yeah. you know. So um, now that's all fun in games when you're talking about something stupid. Now put that into a relationship. Yeah, that's very, it, it's, it's very it's, different. It's very different. And sure. You know, the thing is, it's like, if that's how I operate, that's a problem. Well, yeah, yeah. At least it can be because I don't want the people that I love Mm -hmm. for me to win. Do they have to lose? at my hand. Yeah. And that's rough. That's rough. Yeah. And, and I don't want that. I don't want someone I care about, even a friend, like I don't want to totally verbally destroy you because sure. my argument is better or right. I lawyered my way around this argument for you to lose. If that, if that makes me quote unquote win, that is not a win in the big scheme of things. Right. In the moment it's like, yes, uh, victory, but it's like, that's terrible. That very quickly goes away. Right. Right. So it's like, um, th- so I say all that to say is those are the kind of things that, that turn me on to this, these kind of tools like the Enneagram of why I want to understand myself better and mm-hmm. in, in those ways. Well, yeah, because, you know, the reality is now uh, from a believer's perspective, right? We believe that there's an enemy out there, um, you know, walking around seeking whom he may devour, right? He's a, a roaring lion. Like we, we, mm. we know that. Antifa. <laughs> Just kidding. So, uh, sorry. <laughs> so we, we know that there is uh, you know, that there's an enemy out there uh, from our perspective and, and whatever your perspective is, maybe it's just, you know, bad, bad energy or whatever, like depending on who's listening. But um, at the end of the day, we know there's an enemy. And one of the things that, uh, you know, I've grown to appreciate and I have had to talk to different people that you and I both interact with 
with on a, on a regular basis to help them understand, um, is, you know, even from your perspective, like you have an understanding of who the enemy is. Yeah. Um, and when we're talking about, you know, even when, uh, in the workplace or whatever, when we start having conversations about things needing to happen or things needing to change or us getting better, um, a lot of times people can feel like the challenge is against each other. Yeah. Your idea sucks or my idea is better and you need to, and I'm here to win. And the reality is that's not the case. The reality is from our perspective, what we do has eternal value. Um, so our church has to grow more people have to get saved. We have to fill heaven and empty hell, you know, through the power of the gospel and the blah, 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 all that stuff. So because of that, um, what we're competing against against the enemy we're competing against the world we're competing against the the enemies of darkness and the powers and you know blah 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 um and we and your achiever doesn't want to lose at this game that matters right and so that means that the people we work with we you do have higher expectations you do demand more of these people um and and so when you're challenging them in conversation they feel like it's you against them and it's not it's you against the enemy but you have to challenge your teammate to get better yeah that's so that's so true And, and that's a great point because you know Maybe it's just helpful for myself, but because I I can't help but view the world through my lens right. as the achiever, as a competitive achiever, as a three, I do view everything as a game, right? Competition slash game, whatever word you want to use. So right. it's almost like even in even if you think your career, if you think church, you know. And then I so then you have to I, I go to like we we both really love Simon Sinek, you know. But he's Incredible. got this book, The Infinite Game. I think it's sitting. It's not over here. We got leaders yeah. eat last and start with why over here. But uh, Simon Sinek's got the Infinite Game. But it's like so to me, um, it we're playing chess, not checkers, Yep. you know, and the beauty of different types is we don't want everyone the same on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, the beauty is some people understand that mm-hmm. some people see the bigger picture and just the nature of our roles. Like yep. forget yep. the personality types. The nature of my role is I see a bigger portion of the picture right. than maybe someone that I lead or that serves. I don't want to say serves under me, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where you see the whole picture as the leader of the organization. Yep. So he mentioned he's the lead pastor. I'm the executive pastor, yep. you know, but um, I, I, some people just don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And they have the they have the luxury of not knowing what I know. <laughs> right. Is the way I view it. Very sometimes. true. Very so true. it's like sometimes we're cha- I'm not challenging you personally. I'm challenging something that that may be an issue a week from now, a month from now, a year from now that you don't know yet. So we have to fix get this right so that that can be right. Yeah. You know, and it's like sometimes people don't understand that. But it doesn't take away from the fact that how I handle that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep, like you totally. could, you could railroad through, um, mm-hmm. and maybe in a corporate setting, that would be okay. I don't think it is. Uh, cause I yeah. think character and all that still matters regardless of if you're sure. a believer or not. But in our context as leading a church, I definitely don't want that to be the case. Cause I, I do care about people. I care about people so much, but I care about it on a big scale. I, sure. you know, so, and, cause we, I'm not the most, I'm not the most like lovey dovey one-on-one <laughs> right, right. kind of guy. Not your lane. It's not. I do more of those ladies yeah, and gentlemen. It doesn't mean I don't care about people. Yeah. I very much care. Um, 
it's just it just manifests differently. Yeah. Um, and but that's why everybody's needed too. You know, it's like yeah. if every you're an eight, I'm a three. If everyone who's a leader in our organization thought like us, we'd be in trouble. We I would mean, be in, we, in desperate trouble. Because because <laughs> the beauty is no type is better than the other. Right. No, there, are, there aren't good and bad. There types. aren't good and bad, and it's not something we would use as a hiring tool, as an HR tool, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, we don't think, well, we need uh, this. So let's find a seven. No. Cause a, an unhealthy seven is unhealthy yeah. and a, and a, a healthy six is healthy, you mm-hmm. know? So anybody can fit, you know, um, you know, I was, I was, I think it was Ian Cron says something very interesting. I never really thought about, but even like presidents and stuff, you think of people that become these like leaders of these big organizations or presidents and all that. And you kind of think, well, they're threes or eights or sevens, you know, but a lot of them aren't. Not you necessarily. Know. Bill yeah. Gates is a five. Yeah. You know, Bill Gates is a five. I, I'm, I'm married to a five. Right. I can see the value in fives. Yeah. So. But, but you know, but a lot of times you can think that they're um, very much to themselves. Yeah. You know, um, but, and, and that's maybe that's a, very true. a fair it's accurate. But, you know, Bill Gates is a five, but led a, I mean, come on. Sure. Um, a lot of there's been past presidents that, you know, um, that, that type as nine, you know, the peacemaker in a nine makes, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, so it's like, um, there's so let's, yeah, let's take a stroll through the nine types. I think that'll be helpful for those of you who are listening for the first time. Maybe this is your first journey of the Enneagram. Like this is the first podcast, the first time you've ever even heard about it. Um, so there's nine types. Um, so we've got the first type is the strict perfectionist. Yes. Uh, the second type is the considerate helper. Yes. The third type is the competitive achiever. Hey, that's me. Justin. Uh, the fourth type is the intense creative. Uh, the fifth uh, type five is the quiet specialist. Six is the loyal skeptic. Yes. Seven is the enthusiastic visionary. Uh, eight is the active controller. That's you. Me. Uh, and nine is the adaptive peacemaker. Yes. So, and these titles are not even the tip of the iceberg. They're a tiny pebble on top, right? So it's like, don't, a lot of people are like, oh, active peacemaker. That's what I am. It's like, well, hold on. Like, we need some more information. We do. And, <laughs> and, and so to, to differentiate this, if you're, if you're in a, in an environment where, um, maybe through your, through your job or your career, or even I know the military does some, and maybe you've taken a disc or a, um, uh, Myers Briggs or strengths finders, and there's others out there. Um, the, one of the key differences from the Enneagram to those is those it's easy to type some, I don't know types the right word. It's easy to label someone in those others. Like once you know the disc, it's, it's fairly easy to point out and figure out they're a C, they're an S, they're an I, whatever. Right. Um, and be, because it's all based on behaviors mm-hmm. where the Enneagram isn't. The Enneagram right. gets gets deeper than your behaviors that you exhibit and gets down to your core motivations. That right? drives your behavior. That drives your behavior, which is why. And then the subtypes play a huge role. Yep. Uh, so sometimes we, we learn as practitioners, we're not supposed to type someone right. based on how they operate and behave because that could be, that's not an indicator. Right. And you're not supposed to type someone. You're definitely not supposed to tell someone what you think their type is because you rob them of discovering their type. Yeah. Um, so 
it's about core motivation. So I want to run through the nine that you just did. And let's kind of talk about the, the core motivations or the, the have to haves or the must haves for each type. Okay. That's important. If you're a one, a strict perfectionist, you have to do the right thing. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, uh, very much what is right and your right thing, your right thing, right? not necessarily so, the right so, thing, your right, thing. <laughs> but so do, do the right thing. And oh, We'll get into all of these in the next, over the next. Yeah, which is cool. So let me go ahead and tell you guys now, episode one, um, the next episode, we have the, the, our instructor from our Enneagram course. Yeah. Her name, her name is Michelle. She's freaking awesome. Like she's, she's so awesome. So she's going to be on the next episode with us. So you guys definitely want to like and subscribe. So you get to listen to that or watch it on YouTube. Um, and then all nine types other than a five, because we didn't have a five in our class. So, oh, that's right. um, all nine types other than a five are all going to be licensed Enneagram practitioners that were in our training with us that have also been that accredited. we met and we've kept friendships with. Yeah. So um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So the next 10 episodes are going to be really good. Yeah, um, for sure. Including five, even though it's not someone out of the class, but um, right. the next 10 episodes are going to be going to be really awesome. Um, so yes, uh, a, a number one strict perfectionist, they have to do the right thing yep. now will break down the, your right thing and all that, but it to, in their mind, it's doing the right thing. Yep. Uh, number two, the considerate helper, right? It's funny because you'll hear some of this in the have tos, right? The considerate helper almost indicates they're about helping others, but their core motivation, their have to have is they have to be liked. Mm-hmm. Now you can already start to you can see considerate yeah. helper, but they have to be liked, you know? Yeah. Uh, three, the, the competitive achiever is we have to outshine the rest, mm-hmm. right? Um, I can see that. That's scary. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, the fours, the, the intense, uh, creatives, they have to be unique. Mm-hmm. Five, the, the quiet specialists have to understand that's, yep. that, that's good. I'm um, married to one. So I can agree. I could not agree more with that. Right. Like, you, yeah. Is not content with just like, what'd you do or, right. or how do you, it's, it's, they want every detail of how we got to where we are. Wow. It's, that stressed me out it, just here. It that. can be a lot. I love you, Ashley. Yeah. My wife is amazing. <laughs> so, um, number six, the, the loyal, the loyal skeptic is, uh, they have to be safe. Mm-hmm. The seven, the enthusiastic visionary, which that's the coolest one to me as far as the sound, the sound of the seven enthusiastic visionary sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, but they have to experience it all at yeah. all. Um, and then number eight, uh, the active controller have to be in control. And then the nine, um, the, the adaptive peacemaker has to keep balance. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's interesting. So if, if that's the first time you've heard that, um, man, and, and, and maybe it's important, Brad, that we talk about a few resources. Um, yeah. I, I will recommend this. Number one, this is not a plug for ourselves. There are free and cheap Enneagram tests on the internet. There are. I don't like them. Me neither. Because I think they're they're ne- they're not necessarily wrong. Incomplete. I feel they're incomplete. Very much so. Um, if you're truly interested in this, I do think it's worth taking an IEQ nine from Integrative Enneagram Solutions, which is who we happen to be, you know, accredited through. They're not a sponsor of the show or anything like that, so nope. we we don't get anything from it. Uh, but there there is a there is a it's about sixty bucks to take the basic test it there, is. but it's a twenty something page report yep. that is really in depth. It tells you your subtypes, Incredible. which the other tests don't. Yep. It tells you your subtype, and and it's really helps open yourself up and start doing some self-discovery. Uh, and so that's key. Now I'll say this, Ian Cron's book 
The Road Back to You yep. is a great book. I'm actually reading it. I'm reading it now very slowly. I just kind of read through, you know, every few days. Um, it He walks through each type. Mm-hmm. And his kind of guidance is, uh, you know, read through and see if you can figure your type out based on how he breaks down each type. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he does a good job yeah. without taking like a test. Um, he's actually has an IEQ nine as well. He has this, he uses the same test we do. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's and, a great, that's a great book if you're a starter in the Enneagram. Yeah. And so what, what is unique about the IEQ nine in its testing abilities versus other tests? So like if someone was looking into Enneagram Institute, stuff like that, you know, what, what makes the IEQ nine substantially different? I I think it's a, it's a more scientific test. Right. The, and the, I don't know how the, the Enneagram Institute necessarily does that as far as how they algorithmically, mm-hmm. that's a word for you. Um, Ask questions to verify your answers on previous questions to really determine. So So you're getting at the AI feature within the IEQ nine test. Correct. And, and I, I like how the IEQ nine doesn't give you a ranking of where you rank on the nine types. Correct. And you know, the, the Enneagram Institute, their website is a good, first of all, the Enneagram Institute.com has a, has a tool on there that shows common mistypes, which has helped me because I've mistyped as an eight. Um, and it also shows, uh, all the combinations for like relationships. Mm-hmm. So like you as an eight and your wife as a five, they give a good yep. breakdown on what you we use that in our marriage for. small group. Right. So yep. there is, there is that, um, but when you take the test from them, it kind of gives you a ranking. Like as an eight, you scored, you know, 31. And as the next one is a three, you scored 29. Right. So then the person's like, well, I was a 30. I really feel like, There's yeah. only one point difference. So I may be both. And yeah. like we've run into that or, yeah, right. and then like, but no, the IEQ not really doesn't, doesn't do that. It, it, it types you and then mm-hmm. breaks down what that means. And then specifically the subtypes <laughs> yeah. make a huge difference without the subtypes I feel is incomplete. That's just my opinion. So what's really cool about that IEQ nine, uh, what Justin's also talking about is the artificial intelligence is built into the test. So there's, you answer 176 questions, I believe, but there's 1200 questions in the bank and your answer to the first 30 dictate the next 30 that you answer. So they find, they want to find out the degree of your, your answers Correct. to solidify your type. Whereas, uh, whether it's the disc Myers-Briggs or also Enneagram Institute, it's just the same 176 questions and your answers give them a printed out report, but everyone answering, everyone is answering the same test, uh, or taking the same test. The IEQ nine, um, the test is different for every single person that would take it because when you answer, um, you know, slightly agree or strongly agree, uh, on question number 12, it's going to change question number hypothetically 24, 26 and 28 to find out if that's actually true. And so there's just a lot more data or data depending on who you are in the world. Uh, I say both. Is that weird? I say both too. So there's a lot more behind your answer, which is why we recommend, you know, some people we say it's $60, like, Ooh, that's a lot. I'm like, but is it like to discover the lens that you view the world through to help you become a better person, better parent, better spouse, better friend, better coworker, better boss, better employee. Like it's really not. Um, and we've spent, you know, people spend $60 on far dumber things. Now, again, that's not even a, Look for, we don't make any money. Like we're not 
That's not the how cost. Yeah, that's yeah. what it costs. If you go to their website. Now, what I will tell you is one of the cool things that is available out there is that if you take the IAQ-9 and you were to do it through a practitioner like Justin or myself um, or some of the others that we have on the pod, on the episodes that are coming up over the next nine, 10 episodes, um, is that we do uh, have the ability to access some of your testing information. We, they call it a, a coaching companion. We have the ability to look at some of your testing data that you don't get to see. Um, and through that, if you wanted to sign up for additional coaching, we could actually help you with additional coaching. Um, and so each person will be different on how that's available and what kind of resources and if there's cost and all those things. But if you take it through one of us, um, then you can, um, we can get that information. And should you ever desire to have one-on-one coaching to really, really actually improve yourself as a person, employee, parent, spouse, whatever, um, that we can help you with that. And that's ultimately our goal, right? I mean, we, 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 Again, the vision behind this uh, behind this podcast is that we would use the Enneagram to help you be better today for a better tomorrow. And um, that's how that works. You know, you need the data, you need the information, but then you need someone to help walk you through it. Um, and so there's a number of ways that that, that can be possible and we want to help you with that. Yeah. And then I, I just have a couple of things here to, from, from, from the perspective of if someone says like, if you're weighing out, like, is this something I should we'll look deeper into like just some of the benefits from an individual basis. You know, some of the benefits are, you know, that it, it increases your consciousness and your confidence, right? Um, it enables the clearing of core emotional issues, which you hit on talking about when we read our training, right? Those, these core emotional issues that yeah, we, that, yeah. we, that we face. Um, the Enneagram provides a framework for understanding functional and dysfunctional behaviors that stem from core motivations. Um, it increases your compassion for self and others. That was something that spoke to me, um, uncovers pathways to development and integration. Um, it it creates a language and sense making framework that stretches deeper than a personality trait based on approach. Like that's, this is, this is far deeper, you know, than, than just a personality type. And what's great, great about it is we'll uncover as we move through these episodes that it's like, this is not something that you use as a weapon and it's not something to excuse your crappy behavior. <laughs> yeah. 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 Right. For sure. Like I can't, oh, I'm an eight, I so, can't uh, walk around and be a jerk and go, oh, I'm a three. Get you. That's just how right, it's like, right, this right. is not an excuse. This is to get deep. Those are behaviors. Right. Yeah. This is, so this helps you underscore understand your core motivations behind us. These, these are yeah. not. This is not a weapon to use against people. Sure. To use their type against them. Yep. You know, if you know someone's type, like if you have a spouse, this is not something to use to use this to type against them. Um, this is a developmental tool to make you in in that situation better. Not not use it uh, as a weapon. Right. But um, and it's it's just I'm far more than a three. That doesn't define who I am as a person. No, just defines the lens you view the world. That's through. right. So yep. um, I'm I'm bigger than that. Mm-hmm. You're bigger than your type. Yep. Um, you know, we were all created with a purpose. I think we all have a plan. Uh, I think we all have, uh, you know, a destiny, and I think we all have the capacity to do something f- something phenomenal in the world. Yeah. You know, but I'm I'm not my type. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So with that said, um, you know, as we're getting ready to close out today's show, which we're so grateful that you guys joined us for. So on uh, one of our segments each week, we're going to pull up a meme uh, or something off of Instagram because there's a lot of great Enneagram accounts out <laughs> there. There really is. And so this one, Justin, um, is it's a check all that apply image. 
So okay. for a three, for okay. an Enneagram three. But what I want you to do is give me a scale of like one to five, one being not really and five being absolutely. Okay. All right. On each one of these. So okay. uh, this is off of Enneagram Ashton on Instagram. So if you guys are interested in finding out, she's a great resource. Her stuff is incredible. So Enneagram Ashton on Instagram. Uh, so this is, I'm an Enneagram three. All right. So one to five, one being not really five being absolutely. Okay. Go get her. Uh, five. <laughs> Charismatic. A four and a half. <laughs> <laughs> motivated in, in the right context right, right. Uh, motivated m- motivated yeah five driven <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay okay uh the best uh, <laughs> i'm supposed to be humble i'm gonna say a four <laughs> okay <laughs> uh this is a good one chameleon oh four seven <laughs> um optimistic um, I'm yes, it's high fours. Okay. Uh, ambitious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Up there. Confident. <laughs> so one of five, six. Yeah. <laughs> uh, competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Accomplished. Accomplished. Yeah. Yep. Three and a half, four. Yeah. Oh. Uh, encourager. Encourager. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm not as much of an encourager as I, as I probably could or should be. Okay. So I'm going to have to. Growth gonna, opportunity. I'm going to ro- rate that a little lower than the rest. All right. Yes. Gr- growth opportunity. Uh, creates goals. I do create goals. Yes. Um, three and a half. Yeah. Overachiever. That's not possible. <laughs> so no. Five. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, I rank that low because I'm not. There. How, what does that mean? How can you overachieve? I think it means like you go above and beyond. Like you overachieve. Like. If, uh, if you just need to move the light, you're moving the light and the lamp. Like, you know, I don't know. Uh, uh, I disagree with the premise of the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, values, respect. Like Re- you value respect. I value. Yes, I do value respect. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, multitasker. Yes. Four. Uh, charitable. Charitable. No, not so much. Like I, I, I give ties and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. as a, as a believer, um, I don't know that I would consider myself charitable growth opportunity to okay. have, uh, image conscious. Oh yeah. Fine. Cool. So that's it. That's a, that's the list, but that's a good list. Like when you're, as you're breaking down, like, you know, yeah. Thanks. So, thanks. Enneagram Ashton or whatever. Was <laughs> yeah, that Enneagram Ashton? Yeah. Enneagram Ashton. Uh, she hasn't gotten to an eight yet. Otherwise I'd let you give me a test. Oh, but, we're going to uh, shout her out. Yeah. No, she, uh, we, we've invited her on the podcast. Hopefully we'll see her soon. So, um, but Enneagram Ashton, she's got some great stuff, but, um, those things are helpful. Like those tools are helpful to even solidify, you know, you've yeah. got done a dance around the three, eight thing. Uh, cause you definitely can see your, that type in you, both yeah. types in you. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, nonetheless. So absolutely, man, that was good stuff. Yeah. Well, that's episode one. That's who we are. That's what the podcast is about. We're glad you're with us on this journey. Cause it is a journey. That's right. We're going to hit these types. Um, Man, we would love to love to hear from you. You can, you know, as you as you if you find yourself 
typing yourself or think you're a type based on our episodes and what you listen to, man, let us know. We would love to hear that feedback no and and um, and 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 walk with you on on your journey. So that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. No. Absolutely. So uh, yeah, we we thank you guys for joining in. Thank you for checking out the first episode. Um, you know, you can find us both on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. So if you want to message us, we would love to hear from you. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to help you on your journey. Uh, that's one of the reasons why we got a uh, license. So uh, you can find me at Brad Livingston underscore. I'm at Justin Oswald underscore on, yeah. on both of those platforms. So yeah. And uh, you can uh, definitely find uh, more information on the Better Today podcast on Instagram and Twitter at Better Today Pod. So, um, but make sure you do us a favor, guys. Uh, make sure that you uh, like and subscribe and rate, review. All those things. All that stuff. Um, and subscribe so that you can catch us for the next episode, both on the podcast and on YouTube. That's right. Um, for the next episode of the Better Today podcast, where we aim to help you build the new you using the Enneagram to be better today for a better tomorrow. See you guys. Later. Yeah.